0: just going to just unpack uh, that whole thought about being content. David in Psalms chapter 23, you don't need to turn there, but David said it like this. He said, there's just one thing I won't do and that's to want. Did you catch that? He said, there's just one thing I'm not going to do and that's to want. He says it. This way, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. All right, say it real loud like you know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Oh, you sound good. One more time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Want is a dangerous thing, it is so dangerous. Wanting. The power of want will send you over the cliff. The power of want. I want that chocolate cake. I want. The, the, want is a powerful thing. Want is what causes you to desire things. And what's terrible is that want doesn't have a conscience. You'll end up wanting things that you shouldn't have. Want, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Once want starts to build strength in your life and in my life, we're in trouble. Because uh, our flesh and our spirit war against each other, and if there's going to be anything... With Frankie that gets to want, it better be my spirit, because my flesh, I can't trust my flesh. Can't trust my flesh. So, there is a scripture that uh, Paul tells his, um, his, his student, Timothy, about just being content. And he basically says, if you focus on these two things, then you will stay out of the danger field of wanting. Now, just in case we have somebody here that says, want is a good thing. Want tells me to go eat. Want tells me to go drink. Want tells me to go use the bathroom. Well, you're exactly right. And I want you to follow those basic wants. But when want begins to deter you from the godly things, we got a big problem. So there are two targets that Paul says, Look, if you just stay laser focused, everyone say laser focus. one, two, three. Laser focus. On these two things, you'll want the right things and you will check yourself when you begin to want the wrong things. It's only one verse, and he shows both targets in in that one verse. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. If you can be godly and you can be content, oh man, you have gained a lot. If you can be godly and you can be content, contentment will push the wrong wants away. I want you to write down on your notes, if you will, the poison of comparison. A lot of times we don't get caught up in this spirit of want for days and weeks until we start drinking the poison. The poison of comparison. See, Comparing your situation with anyone else is poisonous because if you compare yourself with somebody that's doing better than you, then you get discouraged and you get down. If you compare yourself with somebody you're doing better than, then you become arrogant and prideful. So either way, it's poison. Are you with me? It's poisonous either way. And uh, and many times you can be content... And then drink the poison and you go from contentment to wanting. And what Paul is saying, man, if you can get through your whole life. And all you do is be godly and be content. Oh, you've you've gained a lot. If all you do is be godly and be content. So we're going to unpack those two things. I'm going to give you uh, four points underneath godliness to describe what it is. I'm going to give you four points underneath contentment. We're going to be done tonight. Number one, you will not quit pursuing God. Under the umbrella, under godliness, means that you are not going to ever quit pursuing God. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. This is if if you're going to pursue those two targets, you will never quit pursuing God. Now, I, I just want to share a scripture with you in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says to never stop praying. Now, some of us haven't memorized a a scripture in a really long time, so we're going to memorize it tonight, all right? We're going to memorize a scripture tonight. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, get ready. We're about to memorize some scriptures. There you go. Get ready. Get ready. All right, so let's look at the screen and let's read it three times and let's see if we can memorize it, okay? One, two, three, go. Never stop praying. Man, you're good. Let's try that again. Never stop Praying. Man, I have a feeling you guys are going to be able to get this one. Let's try it again. Never stop praying. All right, now take it off the screens and let's see how we do. One, two, three. Never stop My goodness. Scared of you. You just memorize the scripture. Man, that was pretty easy, huh? Never stop praying. All day, every day, short prayers, long prayers, never stop praying. You pray in your head, you pray in your heart, you pray out loud, you pray writing in your journal. You never, ever, 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 ever stop and you will hit that target. If at the end of your life, you back up and you say, I was godly and I was content, oh man, Oh my goodness, that's a rich life. You know, I'd like for you to entertain this thought as well. I've really been chewing on it. Uh, I went to go visit my mother in the Lord. Uh, Her name uh, is Jeannie Mayo. I talk about her all the time. I went to go visit her last Thursday in Atlanta. And her husband, uh, his name is uh, Pastor Sam Mayo... Uh, they no longer pastor a church, but he was a senior pastor for 40-something years, and he used to be my pastor whenever I was in Rockford. And on, when I was in the plane flying to Atlanta, I didn't want to see him because I watched him pastor for five years. And when you compare how incredible of a pastor he is to me, it makes me want to quit and so all the way there, I'm thinking, man, I hope Pastor Mayo's not there. I hope Pastor Mayo's not there. I walk in and I opens the door and he goes, Frankie, it's so great to see you. And I'm like, Pastor Mayo, it's good to see you too. And I said, man, I'm going to be honest with you. As if I had another choice, right? If it comes to my brain, it's got to come out. I said, I got to be honest with you. I said, I didn't want to see you. I didn't want to see you because... You are a patriarch. You are Abraham. You are the real deal. And me, compared to you, not so much. And he goes, oh, that's nonsense. You're the best preacher in America. You're the best shepherd in America. And Thank you. And I'm saying, then that's what I'm talking about, Pastor Mayo. That's what I'm talking about. You're just so good. You love me enough to lie to me. <laughs> don't, don't you want friends that love you enough to lie every once in a while? Just lie to me. My goodness. Do I look good in this? Just. I'm already here. I can't go home. <laughs> so he begins to talk to me. He goes, he goes just like this. He goes, Frankie... Tell me, tell me how your prayer life is doing. Well, I already know how much he prays, right? So this is about to get embarrassing very fast. And I said, Pastor, I'm just gonna tell you it's not as much as I should. He goes, Well, that's a cop out answer, but I'm gonna let you get away with it. <laughs> Thanks. He goes, let me he goes, let me tell you how to have the prayer life you want to have. And this is worth writing down. You guys ready? He says, A time, B time, and C time. A time, B time, and C time. So celebration, you just get ready because I'm going to be saying that probably for the next 20 years. That's how revelatory this was to me. He goes, Frankie, every day you should have an A time and you plan to pray at A time. And if something happens because things happen and you're not able to pray, don't take your whole day and throw it out the window and say, well, I'm not going to be able to pray today just because your A time got messed up. And I'm like, I don't know anyone that would do that. <laughs> he goes, you know, you just bump it back and you think, OK, I got my B time. And you aim for your B time. And when your B time gets here, you say to yourself, if I were to stop, this is revelatory. If I were to stop right now for 30 minutes, would anything fall apart? Thank you. <laughs> would anything fall apart and you be honest with yourself? And if the answer is yes, then bump it to C time. Goes, but Frankie, most of the time it's no. And you stop, and you pray for thirty minutes. And now, if you pray longer than thirty minutes, then that's fine. But you pray for thirty minutes. A time, B time, and C time. I'm gonna tell you, my prayer life is rocking and rolling. Today, I had to do B time. Somebody messed up my A time. That's life. Right? That's life. I'm telling you, I'm rocking and rolling. (laughs) All right, let let me me give you this to to chew on as well. Pray with a notepad. Now, for those of you that come to um, prayer with us on Saturday night, and for those of you that don't, you probably have something going on on Saturday nights to keep you from coming. But if you can, oh my goodness, it's awesome. I never pray without a notepad, ever pray without a notepad. Let me tell you why. Would you bring me an offering envelope? Uh, Because this is, this is what happens. I, I, I walk in a deeper dimension most of my life, AKA ADD. See, ADD means a deeper dimension. I don't care what the doctors tell you, but I'm just so deep that other people can't keep up. That's So when you have ADD, uh, you can just start thinking of something else right in the middle of your train of thought. (laughs) Not that that's never happened while I've been preaching before. but So that doesn't go away whenever I'm praying. So I can be... Lord, I love you. You're wonderful. You're fantastic. You're wonderful. You're fantastic. Did the Celtics win or did they lose? <laughs> Are we going to be honest or no? Lord, I love you. I praise you. I love you so much. Oh, I brought my lawnmower in to get fixed. I wonder if it's fixed. I need to call that guy and go get it fixed. Now, what I used to do is stop praying and go call the guy and say, hey, is my lawnmower done being fixed yet? Right now, I'd say, call lawnmower guy. And I go right back to praying. It's out of my head now. Thank you. It is good. And Now, here's the other thing. Sometimes while I'm praying, I'll feel the Lord speak to me. And rather than shutting down my whole, i just write it down. See, I learned this a long time ago. The easy part is hearing from God. The hard part is what to do once you've heard from Him. Have you ever... Man, I'm preaching good tonight, man. Jeez. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, I felt like the Lord told me to da-da-da-da-da, and the timing is so bad that all that has happened is a big old fight. Because they don't have the brains to know what to do with the word from God. If Joseph would have kept his big mouth shut, his brothers wanting to beat him up and threw him in a hole. Read your Bible. There's no doubt it was God that gave him the dream, but he didn't have to walk around telling every single person I need to warn you, I didn't take my pills this morning. I just You didn't have to go tell everybody what God told you. If God wanted everybody to know, he would have told everybody. There's sometimes he just wants you to know. He says, I will show you the secret things. Keep your mouth shut, dude. Right? And then sometimes you'll you'll hold it for a couple days. Couple of weeks and then at the right time, boom, now do it. Okay. You begin to share that. Number two, first one is you will not quit pursuing God. Number two is you will not quit testifying. You cannot be godly if you don't share your faith. If you get to heaven, And you want to be able to look at the Lord and say, God, I didn't build a mansion and I didn't drive a Bentley, but I did my best to be content and my best to be godly. You cannot say that you did your best to be godly if you did not share your faith. Now, how do you share your faith? You say, I don't don't know, but one scripture and I just memorized it just now. Never stop praying. Very good. Well, how am I going to share my faith when I don't know anything about the Bible? Here's the wonderful thing about sharing your faith. Sharing your faith is only sharing your story. Do you know your story? Do you know why you decided to start going to church? Well, that's all you got to know. That's it. Leave the preaching to me. It's what I do. I'm not telling you it's great. I'm just telling you it's what I do. Number three. You will not quit permeating the atmosphere with colon praise. I was praying in my house this morning. It's so cool. My family's out of town. And so I get to pray at home and they're not there. So I get to take over the whole house. Usually I gotta go into like one room and pray. I get to take over the whole house. Those of you that are single and not married, you're so lucky. You can pray anywhere you want. For me, I'm like over in the like behind the shower curtain praying. (laughs) Dad Dad, where are you? I'm (laughs) we'll have to finish this later. I'm praying. Praying, praying, and I begin to realize and so watch this, this is so important. Please write this down too. God inhabits the praises of his people. So if you want to permeate the atmosphere You just start praising. And so I'm walking in my house. And I'm saying I love you. You're so good. You're so good. You're so wonderful. Oh I wish I could see your eyes. If I stayed alive after I saw your eyes. I'd be seeing the most beautiful thing in the whole world. And my whole room is becoming a sanctuary. My whole house is becoming a sanctuary. This is what it means to be godly. You permeate the atmosphere atmosphere. is part of your responsibility to permeate the atmosphere. Number four. My last one under this point. You will not quit hating sin. Man. It's a, it's a sick feeling in your stomach to say I used to feel guilty about that. It's a sick feeling, isn't it? What's happened? Have you become more mature? So now you don't feel guilty about that? No, we haven't become more mature. We've hardened. Now, contentment. Let's unpack this. Now, uh, let's let's be real honest here. Uh, There's a tension between being content and doing what God's called you to do. You know what I'm saying? There's a tension there. It's like I'm supposed to do what God's called me to do. I'm supposed to get more. uh, But at the same time, I'm supposed to be content. So how are we going to do this here? In fact, God commanded us to be fruitful. So now we're supposed to be fruitful and content at the same time. Be fruitful and be content. When God looked down here, let's just read it together. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 28, And God said to them, Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. There's a tension. And so how do you find that sweet spot? The sweet spot is when you can be at peace with the results thus far. Did you hear me? Doesn't mean that you don't want to be more fruitful. It just means that you can be at peace with what's happening today. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're at peace with it. Does that mean you don't... Uh, want to be more fruitful. No, I know I just said that, but let me emphasize it again. Because it's a mandate on your life. God's saying, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to be, uh, uh, I want you to multiply. So it's in you. It's in you to desire for your finances to increase. That's in you. Don't get mad at yourself. It's in you. God put it in you. It's a mandate. But there's that tension of wanting, I want my salary to increase. But yet I'm supposed to be content at the same time. This is being peaceful with what's happening right now. And that's the balance. How do you know if you're uh, at peace? How do you know if you are hit the balance? Number one, you just ask yourself, am I even producing fruit? Am I am I producing? Is anything happening? Number two, you ask, am I doing my best? These are two so important questions. Because that is in you to produce and to be fruitful and to multiply. But you're supposed to be content. You just back up and say, now hold on a second. Am I even doing My best. And if you back up and you say. I'm doing my best. Then you need to let yourself. Be at peace and be happy. So why? Why should I be okay with that? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 and 7. It says this. Paul says this. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither, one, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. If you are saying, I am doing my absolute best. I can't do any better than this. Now you got to be honest with yourself there. Are you really doing your best? Let me see if I can make this very personal. I have goals, hopes, desires for the impact our church makes in our community. Okay? Now, are we making the the impact that I see in my mind? No. We're not. But that's the healthy part. That's the part that makes me want to be fruitful and multiply. But if I back up and I allow myself to get so down and depressed because we're not doing what I see in my head, then I got to back up and go, now, hold on a second, Frankie. Are you being fruitful? Well, you know what? We certainly are. Our church is doing a lot. See, that's point number one. Then point number two, Frankie, are you doing your absolute best? absolutely. I have a peace with that. I am doing my best. Now we take that and we take the scripture and we stick it in there. One man waters, another man sows the seed. God causes the increase. So if that vision that I have in my mind is ever going to come, it's because God said, now's the time. Are you with me? So there are certain things in your life that you back up and you say, am I doing my best? Am I watering and planting? And if it doesn't come back around, it's only because God hasn't said, now's the time. Have you ever planted anything in the garden? You put a seed in there, you pack it with soil, you water it, you stick your head out the window, nothing's happening. Why? Because God didn't say, now's the time. God decides when that little seed goes, pink and a little leaf comes out. You don't decide that. You don't say at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning a little leaf is going to go, bink. You have no control over that. You know what I'm saying? The only thing you can do is put seed in the ground, put water on it, and just like. Your life is it, just like that. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do. The only thing you can do is put a seed in the ground and water it and do your best and back up and say, I've done my best and just wait. And if it takes 12 years, well, it takes 12 years. It, you, nothing you can do about it. That's called contentment. I'm doing my best. And your best is always good enough for you so long as you don't drink that poison. Don't drink that poison. Don't drink that poison. Don't drink it. Don't not drink that poison. Is the Lord happy with how fruit is being produced? Is the Lord happy with how it's being done? So when I stand before the Lord and we begin to talk about Celebration Church, I'm going to talk about how I did it. So uh, there's a few layers. First of all, did I answer the call of God on my life to do it? So I did it. Now we need to talk about how I did it. This is contentment. Can you back up and say, I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And I'm doing it the right way. And if you can back up and say to yourself, I'm doing it the best way I can. And I'm doing it the right way. Then you need to allow yourself to be content. How much fruit... You have. You can't control that. You can only control. How hard you're working. And if you're doing it right. Are you with me? Someone say that's good. Number four. And last and final point. Remember that the Lord is responsible. For the multiplying. I just saw this. Just now. And um. I I just realized that the Lord in the Bible, he does not add. It doesn't say, you water, you plant, you do your best, and I will add. That's not how he does it. He says, you water, you plant, and I will multiply. You take one seed and one seed makes one tree that has a billion seeds in the tree. But do, are we courageous enough to wait for him to multiply? Are we courageous enough to keep watering and planting and just be content? Water, plant, water, plant, and just keep doing the right things. That's why the Bible says, do not become weary in well doing." You can become tired in doing the right things, right. I went to um, a funeral this past Friday. I mentioned it last Sunday. I went to a funeral um, at Brownsville Assembly in Florida this past week. Uh, a patriarch in the faith by the name of Steve Hill. he was the one that launched that revival some of you have heard about in Brownsville. And uh, it was special for me because uh, I was uh, in that uh, revival for a night when I was 19 years old and Steve Hill was preaching. For those of you that don't know what a revival is, it's when there's this outpouring of God uh, and it makes people desire and want to come back to church every single night. And it's just beautiful. Um, But I was in that service and Steve Hill was preaching. And, uh, and now, all these years later, I found myself sitting in the same sanctuary, um, but now he is passing away. He's, he's dead. They're doing his funeral. And uh, his daughters and his son got up to say a few words, and his daughter said something that I just never forgot. And uh, she said, when we were kids... My daddy would take money, like quarters and dimes and one dollar bills, and he would stick it in the crack of a sidewalk and say, Oh my goodness, what's that? And the kids would go, It's a quarter, it's a dollar, and they would think that they found it. And she said they kept doing that. They'd go to a mall and he'd stick a dollar underneath something at the mall and Go, hey, honey, what's that? And I go, oh, my goodness. And, and um, she said, she goes, that happened all the time. It happened all the time. It happened all the time. And then she goes, we started realizing that, watch this, this is so important. We started realizing that daddy was doing it because when we weren't with him, it wouldn't happen. Did you catch that? When we weren't with him, it wouldn't happen. And when I was sitting there in the sanctuary, I just went, let me just connect the dot for you. When you're walking with the Lord, he'll say, hey, there's an opportunity there. Hey, walk through that door. Hey, hey, this, But when you're not with Him, it doesn't happen. And if it does happen, it comes with sorrow. I just want to encourage us, if we're only good at two things, if we're only good at two things, godliness and contentment, because it brings great gain.